I hope that you have plans to grill out this weekend. We are grilling out and uh, we want to kind of have a virtual picnic with the whole church. And I've got to tell you, as we're maybe going to Publix this weekend, you're getting supplies and uh, we're getting ready to have this holiday in our culture where we remember those who sacrificed something. They sacrificed lives many times uh, for for our freedom. Uh, it's an incredible time. Just think back to, I mean, who... I mean, who really sets up this whole thing in our culture of, of remembrance? And not only that, just times of rest and, and celebration. This weekend traditionally kicks off uh, summer. It's a time for families. It's a time for backyard barbecue. It's a time for coming together. So we're doing that. We hope you're doing that. And I've been thinking, you know, one of the, one of the things that God does with Moses on the mountain, I mean, all the way back in the Old Testament, when God is meeting with Moses, God, one of the things he sets up, in that 40 days when Moses is on top of Mount Sinai with him, is God sets up party times. God sets up times where they stop and they remember, seasons of remembrance. Uh, this is just kind of what he institutes. God really is the God who invents uh, backyard barbecue. You know, uh, God's the God who invented, hey, let's everyone stop what we're doing. Let's take a day off from the norm and let's remember the things that have gone before us that have, that have made our reality what it is today. And I, I thought it would be really cool uh, this weekend as maybe you're getting ready to, um, you know, get the grill going and have some friends over uh, to the backyard maybe, that we would look at a moment in the life of Jesus where Jesus grilled. I, I would call this this message, grilling with Jesus. And I think it's so important for us as a church to like stop everything for a few moments this weekend and look at this. It comes, this grilling with Jesus as a moment, uh, it comes at the very end. It's like one of the last pictures of Jesus we get. In John's eyewitness account of the life of Christ, it comes in John chapter 21. Now remember, this is after Jesus has done all of his ministry. Uh, people have followed him. Then people have deserted him. He's been crucified. Then he's been in the tomb for three days. Then Jesus rose from the grave and he started just appearing to the disciples. This moment, this grilling with Jesus moment is one of the last times that Jesus appears to the 12. It, it had become kind of a normal thing where people were saying, oh, I saw Jesus the other day. And all of these appearances of Jesus became kind of a normal thing over the, the month preceding or the, the month after his resurrection. So it wasn't really weird that Jesus shows up. It, it becomes somewhat of a normal thing. Here is the account. This I would just call this grilling with Jesus because that's what actually happens. It's so awesome. John 21 verse 1 starts this way. Later, Jesus appeared once again to a group of his disciples by Lake Galilee. It happened one day while Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Jacob, John, and two other disciples were all together. So there's a group of, of those closest to Jesus together up by the, the Sea of Galilee, the Lake of Galilee, it's a small lake. Peter told them, I'm going fishing. And they all replied, hey, we'll go with you. So they went out and fished through the night but caught nothing. I've been a part of that fishing trip before. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a normal weekend. Maybe like this weekend when someone says, I'm going fishing. And some people say, I'll go with you. Verse four, then at dawn, so they fished all night, Jesus was standing there on the, sh on the shore. But the disciples didn't recognize that it was him. He called out to them saying, hey guys, did you catch any fish? Not a thing, they replied. Jesus shouted to them, 
throw your, throw your net over the starboard side and you'll catch some. And so they did as he said. And they caught so many fish, they couldn't even pull in the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. I mean, this, is ha this had happened before. When Jesus first called Peter and John, this is the exact thing that happened. So they're having this deja vu moment like, hey, wait a minute. This seems, this seems like uh, something we experienced before when they first met Jesus. And so John gets it. He's telling us who he is by this crazy thing. We catch nothing all night, then we get a big haul. And, and so he's like, it's Jesus. I love this verse. It says, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. And when Peter heard him say that, he quickly wrapped his outer garment around him because he was athletic. I'm, I'm reading the, pa the Passion Translation. That's the translation I'm reading this from. Um, so, some other translations, uh, they, they, they would take that word and they would say, because he was kind of wearing his fishing, his fishing deal, you know, so he's kind of like stripped down to you know, like the bare necessities. Uh, and so he grabs some more clothes. Uh, I, I, I love this translation. It just tells us a little bit more closer to, you know, the actual, the actual writing here is that he, Peter, Peter was in shape, okay? He'd been a fisherman all of his life, and uh, he was athletic, and he dove right into the lake to go to Jesus. The other disciples then brought the boat to shore, dragging their catch of fish. When they got to shore, they noticed a charcoal fire, some roasted fish, and bread. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish you just caught. Jesus has like been there. He's grilled out. I mean, how great would this be? You come home from a public run and you're tired and you are ready to grill out and you're like, forget it. I'm so tired after that drama. Just order pizza. And Jesus is in your backyard. He's got everything set up. Jesus has got the bread already cooked. The fish is already grilled. And he's like, hey, come on, bring some more of that fish. Let's, let's keep the party going. Peter waded into the water and helped pull the net to the shore. It was full of many large fish, exactly 153. But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Verse 12 was so great. I, I just love the humanity of this. Jesus looks at these guys and he says, come on, let's have some breakfast. It's just like all the humanity of, of God. Like G God became Jesus and hung out with these guys and grilled out and would say things to them just like we would say to any of our friends. Hey, come on, let's have some breakfast. They really are grilling with Jesus. And it says, not one of the disciples needed to ask who it was because every one of them knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus came close to them and served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection. This incredible account of grilling out with Jesus. Uh, we're we're going to, so many of us are going to be grilling out this weekend. Uh, you're probably going to have friends and loved ones over and there's going to be some time to think. You know, maybe you're going to have some grill time alone. You're going to have some prep time alone. There's going to be some quiet moments. And this is what it is like when we as a church, we kind of go to a text and we set in an account of Jesus. And this is what it is to meditate on God's word. I hope that this, this story of what it was like to be with Jesus in a grill moment, right? That this just stays with us all weekend. If, if you're standing out by the grill and it's a quiet and there's, the, there, there's not a lot of clouds in the sky and the, the trees are swaying, that you'll just be thinking about this moment. But what, what happens when we grill with Jesus? Like there's something that happens in this account 
that we all need to experience and, and probably continually experience. This is why it's important that we go back and we go back to these moments that Jesus had with these guys. Here's something that happens when we grill with Jesus. When we have this uh, meal with Jesus, when we hang out with Jesus, Jesus does this. Jesus restores. Jesus restores. He doesn't just invite you over for a barbecue and no significant conversations happen and it's a cool hang, but like your life doesn't change. No, when you grill out with Jesus, like something is going to happen. And specifically what's going to happen is what happens when Jesus was with Peter. He never changes. When Jesus encounters you, you're not Peter, I'm not Peter, but he's going to have this, the same intentions. He's going to come bringing the same goodness. He's going to come with the same intentionality in your life. And what Jesus does does in this moment, this grill out moment, is Jesus restores. Now, it, what's, what's crazy is um, Peter had messed up. I mean, Peter, uh, you've got to know the, the backstory. Peter denied Jesus three times. This is crazy. In John chapter 13, just if, a few chapters back, Jesus looks at Peter right before he's taken the last few chapters of John there, it's all the last things that Jesus has to say to the 12. Jesus looks at Peter and he's like, you are going to leave me. You're going to deny that you know me. And Peter's like, no, not going to happen. Jesus, I love you. I mean, they'd spent three years together, right? Peter was kind of the right-hand man. And Jesus says, I'm telling you, Peter, you and everyone's going to leave me. But Peter, you too, you're going to leave me. Peter says, no. Jesus, if you ever doubt if you ever say, what, how much control does God really have? Like, what does, how far into my life can Jesus reach? Like, how, how much does he really know? What can he really manipulate and change and set up? I mean, Jesus gets rather detailed with Peter. He says, I tell you what, before a rooster, before it's like some chicken crows three times, before a chicken makes a squawk, right? At that moment in the future, at some point in time, you're going to be around a chicken, Peter, and the chicken's going to, squawk. And when that happens, at that moment, you will have already done this. You will have already denied me three times. I think, I mean, if you're questioning God's ability to know all things and to see your future and to lay your future out and to know you like in depthly, I mean, this is it. That's, that's a lot of detail. And then it happens. In John chapter 18, just a few chapters later, they grab Jesus, they take Jesus away, they're questioning Jesus, and Peter's in this courtyard right outside of where they're, they're taking Jesus, and they're kind of bustling Jesus from a holding cell to be questioned before the Sanhedrin and moving him back and forth. There's some beating of Jesus that happens there. I mean, Jesus is all alone, and Peter wants to get close, but in the, in the midst of Peter getting close, some people are like, hey, we know you, you've been with Jesus, and sure enough, three times. Peter's like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Right at that moment. It's crazy. Jesus predicts it. This rooster, this chicken like goes off and starts, you know, cock-a-doodle doing, right? And Peter and Jesus, they see one another and Peter's like crushed. And Peter is crushed. All of that is the backstory to grilling with Jesus. It's incredible. I mean, when you're grilling with Jesus this weekend, how can you not have a moment out you know, and we're thinking about this text and you're, you're, people are getting ready to come over and you're in the midst and you're just thinking about times before where, where you've just let Jesus down. Times before where you know, man, Jesus is like, come and live your life with me and we've gone and lived our life another way. Times before maybe where you felt God pursuing you and you know that God is real and God wants a relationship with you, but you're like, 
No, but here's what happens when you grill with Jesus. He restores. I just want to read you the account. This is the very next thing. After they had breakfast, verse 15, same chapter. After they had breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, his other name, Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me more than these? And Jesus is like, do you love me the most, man? Do you love me? Peter answered, yes, Lord. You know that I have great affection for you. Then take care of my lambs, Jesus said. Jesus repeated his question a second time. Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me? Peter answered, yes, my Lord. You know that I have great affection for you. Peter's probably getting a little uneasy because he's starting to see the repetition. You know, like when someone asks you a question and you answer it and that's normal, and then they ask again, you start to get a little bit irritated because they're going somewhere with this. And Peter, he's starting to see, that's the second time. And again, Jesus says, then take care of my sheep. Then again, Jesus asked him, Peter, son of John, do you have great affection for me? Here it is. Peter was saddened by being asked the third time, and he said, my Lord, you know everything. You know that I burn with love for you. Peter's sad in this moment because he gets, he gets what Jesus is doing, the mirroring here, right? Jesus is saying something like, you, you denied me once. You, you've denied me twice. You've denied me three times, Peter. And Peter's sad at this moment because he's like, I know what I did. I know what I did. I mean, understand the, what's happened at this moment. Peter's forgiven. At that moment in time, the grill out moment with Jesus, Jesus is raised from the dead. Our hope is in the resurrection of Jesus because Jesus rose from the dead. We have hope that we can raise from the dead. When Jesus says your sins are forgiven, it's proven because of the power that he has to rise from the dead. Peter is, the work of Christ has been done. Peter has been forgiven. The work for Peter to have been forgiven has been done, but Peter doesn't feel forgiven. Like actually being forgiven and then the realization that you have been forgiven are two different things. Some of us have been forgiven. You've accepted the free gift of grace of Jesus in your life, but you're walking around in your life and you do not realize your forgiveness. You do not feel forgiven. You have not come in touch with the reality that you're forgiven. And it's evident in your life because people that know they're forgiven and fully realizing their forgiven state, they live differently. They live more free. They live also this way. They live on mission. See, what happens when you grill out with Jesus is Jesus comes and fully restores. He wants Peter to know that Peter is forgiven. He wants for Peter to experience that. He wants that rekindling of their relationship and all of the brokenness from Peter deserting him. Jesus wants to pull him close and say, I love you and I know you love me and I forgive you. And then Jesus immediately does this. It is so awesome. Jesus puts Peter on mission. Jesus replaces shame with mission. He comes into our life and he takes all the guilt, all of the feelings of unforgiveness, and he replaces that with mission. Here's how it ends. Jesus replied, feed my lambs. Peter, listen. When you were younger, you made your own choices and you went where you pleased. One day when you are old, others will tie you up and escort you where you do not choose to go and will spread out your arms. Verse 19 is really clear. You're like, what's that mean, man? 
Jesus said this to Peter as a prophecy of what kind of death he would die for the glory of God. And here it is. And he said to Peter, Peter, follow me. Jesus, this weekend when you're grilling out, he wants to grill out with you. Jesus wants to have a a grill out moment with you. But in that moment, there's two things he wants to do in our lives. He wants to restore us. Jesus wants to remind us of the restoration work that he does. He is a restorative God. That means broken things he fixes, um, things that were a mess he comes and patches up. He patches us up. He forgives us of times that we've walked away. He reminds us that he has purchased us, that he loves us, that he is our Lord and we are good. And in that transaction of him restoring us, he takes all the guilt, he takes all the shame, and he puts back into our life purpose, mission, vision, and clarity. This is what he is. Who doesn't need more of that in their life? I would say this weekend, you're going to be grilling and it's going to be awesome. I hope you have a great weekend. I really do. But take some of those quiet moments to just say, man, what are the things that I need restored in my life? What are the times that that I have denied Christ. Maybe you have never accepted him for the first time and you need to say, I have felt the pursuing of God in my life, but I've never even accepted him. You need to go from knowing that he can forgive other people to him forgiving you and you feeling forgiven and him taking all of the shame and guilt in your life and replacing that with work to do. I mean, it's so awesome when you get a mission in life. Jesus comes and he takes away all the junk and he gives us mission. So I would, I would ask this simple question. to to myself, to all of us, as we're getting the the barbecue ready for this week. As as you're diving in today, maybe tomorrow, where are you at right now? It's funny that Peter watched all of the miracles of Jesus. I mean, he saw it all. All of those crazy conversations, all of those epic moments, all those life-changing events, and then the death, the burial, and then he experienced the resurrection of Christ. And then you know what he did? Here's what, I'm just telling you the news. Peter went right back fishing. Just muscle memory. He went right back to what he was doing before. And have you been in a place with Jesus before? And it was great and it was sweet and it was awesome and you saw some things, but you're finding yourself maybe going right back to what you were before, the places where you were before, what you were doing before. You probably know this, you can never just fully go back once you've experienced Jesus. I mean, Peter was there. He's on the lake. He just went back to being a fisherman. And you know what Jesus does? Jesus shows up and he's like, hey, let's grill out. You want some breakfast? That's code for we're going to go have a private talk. I don't know where you're at right now, but remember the time when Jesus first called you. If he's never, if he's never called you before, hear it right now. Jesus is saying, you want to have breakfast? You want to grill out? Because what, what Jesus wants to do is he wants to restore you. And then he wants to give you mission. And this is your time to do just that. 